0: Welcome to episode 136 of TechSync, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hi, Jason. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, something weird going on with my throat and voice right now, so I might sound a bit strange. The other thing is, is we don't have um, the time or bandwidth to record a full episode in one go, so we're going to re- try recording it in a few different snippets.
1: Right. I guess we'll see how that works out. So, um, I guess let's start. Uh, let's, I want to hear an update on the plegio because when we were at the at MicroConf... Um, right before you were giving your uh, your big talk about how you had tripled revenue, you had a bunch of cancellations and you were getting really depressed. <laughs> so what, yeah, it was, what was it's, it's just
0: Sod's law, isn't it? It's like just just when everything's going great, revenue's tripling. It's been really consistent for some very strange unknown reason. It just uh, you know there there was a big drop off. Actually, we're now twenty days in, and I and I've got um, it's it's kind of turned out for the better. Um, so we're twenty days in, and I've had. I guess a reduction of um, signups by a third for some reason. I don't understand why. Okay. So I used so last month and the month before and the month before and the month before I basically had approximately one and a half signups a day. Okay. Now for the last twenty days I've had one sign up a day. Okay. And it's, and it's amazing because it's only really ten people, you know, in that in those twenty days. But those ten people make a lot of difference because they, you know, the plans are anywhere between ten bucks and forty.
1: Yeah. Well, I I don't know if we talked about this in the last show or not, but I think you really need to do a rolling uh, 30 day. Oh yeah. You did mention that. Yeah. 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 And that'll be a much more robust metric. Um, because when your numbers are that small, they're very susceptible to, uh, to just randomness. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 10 people (laughs) one way or the other, I, I can see how that affected. So, but it's not as bad as you thought then. Right.
0: It's not as bad as I thought. I mean, I'm now running at basically $100 up, $120 up on last month, okay. which is, you know, that's okay. So I like, I wanted to get to 3000 this month or close to 3000, but I guess I'm probably, cause last month I ended up at 2354. I'm guessing this month I'll probably end up at 2,500, maybe 2,550.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's summer, it's getting, it's summer now. Right. So summer months are it, always kind of slow. I I think they tend to be slow. They're slow for a lot of industries. Maybe tweet tweeting is no different. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the holidays, I guess. Um, people are thinking about vacations. They're getting out of school. Their kids are getting out of school. Um, so that may. That, who knows? That can be part of it. But so uh, something. So something I wanted to bring up was um,
0: we've we've moved into um, Los Angeles near Farmers Market. Okay. Um, right into the middle of Farmers Market. And um, we did a a yard sale to get rid of some of the stuff because we moved from like a three bed house into a much smaller place. And in that yard sale, um, uh, a guy who came along and bought some stuff, Well, we started talking about business a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he told me how he had invested a hundred thousand into building a Yelp clone. And, then a few different people have come to me recently and kind of said about how they've tried to build internet businesses. And, you know, they've, they've had these amazing ideas and tried to build these businesses and invested money and lost money. I was just thinking, God, it's, it's amazing us, what we've spoken about during the last year and a half. Like we've got a lot of knowledge about this now, right? So I wish I could just give them a brain dump (laughs) and say, look, don't, don't build something based on an idea. You know, don't build anything before you do mock-ups, you know, don't move forward until you validate your business. Find a market, find a problem, et cetera, et cetera. It's just right. so frustrating. I guess
1: a lot, of these, uh, a lot of this wisdom is stuff that's sort of bubbled to the top over the last few years. I mean, yeah. five, six years ago, I, I don't remember people talking much about this stuff. Or maybe it just didn't come on my radar. But I think um, the, M- the idea of MVP and agile businesses and things like that are uh, a lean business model. Uh, that's all relatively new. Um, there's a new concept said Well, what did the guy, the, did he say why the, uh, the Yelp clone failed or what he thought it failed?
0: Well, I mean, one, one, one reason is, is he, he's not a tech guy. So he's basically just, uh, put this money into getting it outsourced and built in India. And I was like, dude, don't you know, you could, you could buy a Yelp clone script for $20. <laughs> you know, you've just spent 60 grand or whatever, outsourcing that to India. Right. So that was, that was kind of interesting. And, um, Obviously, the, well, not obviously, but I'm guessing the most likely reason is just because of execution, because of lack of marketing, because of the how difficult it is to build something in that way if you're just a you know a non-tech guy, right? Um, I mean, just like there's there's so much involved in building an online business. I mean, it's it seems simple, you know, Every, because of the whole entrepreneur thing. Everyone says, oh yeah, yeah, just just make a website and you can build a business. But it just isn't like that, is it? There's just so much to A little,
1: it. A little, little, more to it, yeah. You know, I think I remember meeting the guy who, the founder of Yelp, before when the company mm-hmm. was just starting. Oh yeah, he was at the Office 2.0 conference, I believe, back in uh, October of 2006, and it was when I was unveiling Prizo. And I think I, I, I think it was at like one of those, you know, those uh, the dinners, the or the not the dinners, but the, um, the sort of gathering there the night before the the um, the actual conference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's telling me about Yelp and, you know, it was just yet another idea, right? And everybody's like, oh, this is my startup. And you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's like this big deal, right? Mm. It's kind of funny looking back on that. So I want to ask you about the outsourcing thing. Um, any, is there any update with, uh, on the uh, Abu tale? There is an update. Um, I got um, from
0: one of our listeners, Helmut Granada, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, has been listening to the story of my frustrations, and I think he got moved to the point to say, "Okay, okay, look, you're having such a bad time outsourcing. I'll tell you what, I'll I'll help you out with this." <laughs> so basically, I got a very generous offer where he would work for me at a, like he's a he's a developer who charges you know significant rates, like hundred dollars plus an hour. I'm not sure of his exact rate, but he said that he'd work with me at a reduced rate, and um, with the hope of kind of learning some of my business knowledge in return for doing coding. So we've done a couple of sessions together and obviously he knows what he's doing. I mean, I got further with him in two hours than I did with the other guy in a month. Yeah. So, you know. Yep,
1: that's why, you, you know, you, this is the saying, like, buy cheap, buy twice.
0: <laughs>
1: no, not, not just twice. I mean, buy, buy, buy cheap, times.
0: buy 50 times.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like you, you pay for quality and you get quality. You pay for expertise, and you need get it. And, you know, it's um, it's not just about not just about someone being able to do it, but being able to do it in a timely manner and doing it the right way. And you get somebody who's an expert and it's think, oh my God, this guy's so expensive. You know, he's, you know, 200 bucks an hour, or $300 an hour, but it might take him just a couple hours or it might take someone else weeks. And they just know the answer. They just have done it. They practically you, cutting him. That's right. Like from yeah, the brain, exactly.
0: That's what it is. Know? That's what it is. Like it, it was amazing to be able to, you know, say stuff by text and, he just got it. Like I didn't have to spend the next two hours explaining that concept. Like, he could kind of
1: finish your sentence for you, right? Yeah. He's basically, like yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're doing. I know what
0: you're yeah. doing. Yeah. And it's just such a different experience <laughs> to like spending two hours trying to explain. Isn't one that time amazing?
1: And uh, it is really. I because well, he 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 actually he, he emailed the podcast or emailed both of us, mm-hmm. he CC both of us or, or something on the in the email and, and extended the offer to me as well, which I thought was very generous. And you know, and I, I mean, he was it was. Primarily targeting you because you were t- you were talking about trying to outsource. Yeah, uh, some pluggy work, and he, he, you know, he basically at the end said, "Hey, by the way, this is still Jason." You know, <laughs> same goes for him if he if he wants some help. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I heard, when I read that, I was like, "Man, that is a- I hope Justin acts on this because that is an amazing offer. And this, and uh, like of a lot of our listeners, I mean, he sounds like a very sharp uh, guy who has a lot of experience. So now, of course, the only issue
0: is is when someone is when someone is doing you a favor. It, it it changes the expectations of the time the timeline and the way things get rolled out. Sure. So that's something that I would have to factor in is because obviously, you know, he's got a full-time job, he's working, he's got like wife and kid and all that kind of stuff. So the question is, you know, what time can he put in and, you know, in what way can he kind of make it available and how can we hit deadlines and things like that? So that's what I don't know yet. That's what I'm still kind of working at and, and trying to find out.
1: Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think anytime you have some kind of a transaction or some kind of arrangement that you make, is everything as everything is clear as possible, expectations as clear as possible, so that um, there aren't, aren't any aren't any you know misunderstandings because that's that's where problems happen is when people aren't clear on mm-hmm. on one another's expectations and um, if you're expecting you know that he's going to be able to work on this every day or every other day and he's thinking ah, you know I got me you know a couple hours at the end of the week you know then that needs to be communicated.
0: Yeah. So I think we need we need to kind of have that discussion. And, um, but so far the, the, the work that he did, I mean, he's already done something that's committed and up, up live, you know, Wait, we he just did it? it in a few hours. Um, the ability to edit an existing tweet that's already, uh, sent onto the schedule. Okay. There was never, there was no ability to, ch- to re-edit the date that it got sent out. And he just, you know, just did that a couple of hours. No problem.
1: That's very cool. Well, good. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, what, what are some of the big things that you're working on in Plugio right now? What are, the, are there some big features or big bug fixes that you're going to be focusing on? Well, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I don't want you to give away your road, development roadmap, but I mean things yeah. that are that are in the pipeline. You're doing them no matter what, and I'd be curious what it is. That's well, you know what? Uh, there's a helicopter flying overhead. Can you hear it? I can. Yeah. But, um, of course,
0: being in the middle of LA, there's a lot more uh, sirens and helicopters now. <laughs> they
1: call that the ghetto bird. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. Uh, you know what? It's funny because what I'm really thinking about right now is more marketing, and I'm, I'm I am wanting to build um, stuff that's uh, that that needs to be done. So, for example, I did a survey um, with survey.io. So that was the advice that was given on the um, by uh, Hidden Shaw. Hidden, yeah,
1: Hidden Shaw. So. Met, uh, he's of Kiss Metrics and Crazy Egg,
0: so people right. aren't sure who he is. Yeah, so I've had like fifty survey responses and uh, of, of customers who use the use the software. No, that's not bad. That's a good response. No, it's it's a great response and um great great figures like um. Over, I think sixty-seven percent of people would say, "Look, I would be devastated if Plugio was to go away." You know, I absolutely need this. It's, it's really, really important to me. Wow. And and so then I go and look at those people and, and ask them, what, "What can I do to improve Plugio?" And what's really strange is that every single person wants something different.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I'm not kidding. There is
0: no that maybe no
1: clust- there's no clustering of, of yeah. features based on uh, um, I don't know customer type. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe there's,
0: there's, you know, two people said I want, I want a button where I can instantly flag someone as spam. I think that is about as common as it gets between all sixty people, right. people. Wow,
1: that's an interesting problem because you'd think it would not, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. Mm-hmm. Ah, I guess so. Now, what do you do? You figure out. I mean, I guess you what you could do is put those out there as a follow up and say, here are a bunch of features. You know, vote up on the ones that you think that you'd like the most. Um, Thinking that with the idea that some of the ideas people just hadn't, it hadn't occurred to them, but once they see it, they're like, oh, that would be good.
0: Well, yes, that is, that is the kind of thing to do. But what I am thinking is perhaps even more is getting even deeper into marketing. I've been reading um, Derek Sivers, Rob Walling, Amy Hoy, and the message that's coming out to me that I'm reading now from all of these people is about effective communication branding, really building up the customer um, sort of love for your product. Because essentially, it, really the Derek Sivers stuff is really kind of coming home to me. Like he he's, talks about with CD Baby, how he has this one email, right? That when someone uh, buys a CD from CD Baby, the the, e- the automated email that went out. So the first thing he wrote was, you know, in that email, it was like, thanks a lot, we're shipping the the CD to you. Yeah. Right. But then he, he sort of rethought that and you know what? I want to take every opportunity to make my customers smile, so I'm gonna rework that. So he reworked it to this kind of long uh thing where he said, you know, a hundred people have Carefully sought your CD and dusted it down with feathers taken from <laughs> golden swans <laughs> and they've moved it onto a desktop and, and and now they're carefully packaging it but making sure not to dead and basically it's this whole big email and he was just saying how that that one email like now if, if you if you search for there's there's some unique test in that email. If you search for that on Google, it's like returns 100,000 results because so many people were so surprised and amazed and happy and impressed at this email that they blogged about it. They put it on their blog and he was talking he basically talked about how every single touch point of his business, everywhere he did, every interaction with a customer, he did something that could make the customers smile.
1: Well, you know that it kind of reminds me of something that Sandy would say to me all the time. She's like, you know, if, if someone can make you laugh you consider them your friend. I mean she's saying that about me, right? Right. And she and and, and I, I, I was she meant it to be kind of like, you know, I was I had a low bar <laughs> for friendship. But I I was like, well, you know, right. I mean there are different levels of friendship. But yeah, if somebody can legitimately make me laugh, I mean I, I hold them in high regard. I mean I, I will like them, right? I mean mm-hmm. there's something about um the ability to bring laughter out in other people and it, it's such a powerful uh, thing. And, and oftentimes you can get a, a smile or something or some kind of a, a reaction like that with a, with a cleverly crafted email. So that's a really good idea. Well, let me you another question. Well, that's, uh, it's
0: sort of one, it's, it's one little kind of aspect of this larger thing, which sure. is basically re- re- rethinking the business and really actually genuinely putting yourself into the business. Like this really is a representation of me and the kind of quirky sense of humor that I have and who I am and just making it very, very personable.
1: Right. Which well, I think that's probably isn't good, right now. I think that's a good idea. Well, I mean the, because the, the conventional way of running a business is like you, you, you speak in the Royal we, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just you and you hide behind this business. And at most there's just like this about page. You know, you might just mention your name and you know, a little bit of a mini bio. People don't really feel a connection to you and uh, people feel a connection to people, not to, you know, uh, uh, website so much. Um, I think that's a really good idea. Was this his, this is Derek's new book. Well, yeah.
0: So, so D- Derek has a book. Um, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to talk about it or not, but it's coming out on the 29th. Um, but, uh, I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it. it uh, I, I can say that it's coming out, but I don't think I am supposed to talk about it in detail.
1: Okay. Well, we'll talk about it. But at, at this point, no, it, you're finding it to be valuable and, and inspirational, I guess. Yeah, very, very nice. Yeah. A lot of good ideas. Huh. Well, Derek's yeah. a smart guy, so it's not surprising that <laughs> there's gonna be some good stuff in there. <laughs> well a, a thing I wanna ask you is um I remember I can't remember what the numbers were, but um and Shaw in his presentation was talking about the product market fit issue and that when they created that survey survey IO um yeah. Product where they would, the idea was that you, you would send the survey to your customers. And one of the key questions was, how upset would you be if the product was no longer available? Mm-hmm. And I guess Sean Ellis worked with Hidden to come up with this um, survey. Right. Yeah. And, and and that's this is Sean Ellis's uh, product market fit is sort of his big thing, his specialty. And the idea was if it was less than like twenty percent of people really cared, then you were in big trouble and you rethink. It it was twenty to forty percent, was something like you needed to rethink it and you might need to sort of reposition it to some degree degree. And if it was greater it was greater than fifty or sixty percent, you were in good shape. I, I can't remember those numbers. Do you remember what those numbers were?
0: I don't remember the numbers. I just know that Plugio basically gets actually looking here now, sixty-five point three percent. People would be very disappointed if Glovio was no longer existed.
1: Yeah, so we got to look that up. Um, I I don't know. I'd I'd like to know what those numbers are. But seven, seven. I think over seventy percent. I think you're probably in really good shape. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So, so the other interesting thing is is that I would say thirty five percent of people
0: are referrals via a friend or a colleague.
1: Wait, 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 what what, what percentage was that?
0: Thirty five percent.
1: Thirty percent of referrals. Okay. Yeah, basically
0: thirty five. Like. The question is, how how did you discover Plugio? So, actually, it's um, it says twenty nine point four percent were referred by a friend or colleague, but then it has another another section called other, please specify, right? And basically, that makes up twenty one percent, but like eighty percent of those are people saying a friend told me they just didn't choose the friend or colleague question, right? Answer, yeah. So, so a significant portion of people basically um, to, it was word of mouth, and that's that's kind of that coupled along with uh there's thing. oh oh there was another thing that i was listening to um a, a great uh podcast um by andrew warner of Mixergy. Mm-hmm. um it's something to do with Ivy leagues okay so this guy basically built this business that was to do test prep for sat and um he was just a, a guy at harvard who basically got a hundred in his in his sat a hundred and then it, yeah.
1: I mean, we got a perfect score. Yeah. Perfect score. Yeah. A hundred would be pretty bad. In fact, I don't think you can score that low. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like 300 or four two fifty. It's a hundred percent, right? Is that okay.
0: what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he got a hundred percent. So he got perfect score. So he then started tutoring some, um, some people in his college and kind of word of mouth spread. And he started tutoring more people. And then he started charging for tutoring people. And then he basically just kept on tutoring for the next couple of years And he, he did it where he was kind of bringing in, I don't know, like $10,000 a year or something like this from tutoring. Then he he started setting up classes and then he basically realized, well, maybe I could, you know, set it up so that other people could do this tutoring as well. So then he kind of got friends, friends to start tutoring and basically built this business that he sold for, I don't know, like 10 million or something, this whole business based on this. And what was, what was so interesting about the story was how it was just a hundred percent word of mouth referral. I mean, this wasn't an internet business. This was basically just a real world tutoring business, but what happened was just everyone needed this and, um, he just did real clever things. Like when he introduced, when when he started talking to people about it, one of the things he would do is he'd give them value straight away. Like he he sort of did this subconsciously. He didn't realize what he was doing, but then afterwards, now he breaks it down. He realizes where it works. So he'd talk to a kid and basically he'd give that kid a tip that would automatically add, you know, some points onto the SAT score just by basically understanding the function of the test. Right. So so he'd give away these free workshops. People could come along and spend an hour and then he'd talk through uh, some of these tips and people would get so much value from the free workshop. They'd be like, my God, well, what do I get if I pay for this? You know? Right right and uh, it it was just amazing to me and very interesting to me how powerful word of mouth is i mean we're talking like a multi-million dollar business completely uh, That's also kind of like up. a
1: freemium uh, yeah, that's right yeah he was doing right? Freemium. he was doing offline freemium offline freemium <laughs> you know and you can do freemium things like that too in terms of you know people will give away a little information or something via email or whatever but then buy the ebook or there's a there's the first chapters free um you can buy the ebook i mean there's all these sort of variations on that but you want to give people an opportunity to see What what kind of value you can offer? And um, anyway, but the the idea of that's word of mouth. I mean, I'll bet you a lot of businesses. You could probably say that about you know that the marketing is the the reaching out, advertising in that way is probably not so effective. But once you can get your customers using it, and then just that 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 is a big source. I mean, I don't don't have any I don't have any numbers on that. I would just I would bet that 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 you can find a lot of businesses that that's more the case. I really like the idea of
0: giving away more value than you get in a way. You know, I really like that idea that you're just really helping people out. You're giving something as valuable as as possible, even for free, and then when they sign up, they get something even better. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you you're right. I mean, ultimately, you 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 have to make enough revenue to make it a sustainable business, otherwise it's just a charity, in which case, and usually that's not sustainable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you, it ultimately has to be a net positive for you. But luckily, with on the, on the web or in technology, you can create something, and there's so much leverage and, and so much margin in just creating something once that works really well and that it helps so many people, saves them mm-hmm. so many hours. I mean, you think, how many hours have you spent on Plugio? And you say, and how many hours have you saved all of your potential... All of your clients or customers at this point, and then you know, or maybe all your potential customers over the next year, you hopefully Mm -hmm. will save them many more hours than you actually put into Plugio by Mm, a huge part. and that would be a big positive. Um, I I saw, I just saw a video um, of uh, I was an interview of uh, Paul Graham, and he was talking about that uh, you know, startups should make people's lives better and it's not just say from some sort of idealism it's just that that's what makes businesses work right i mean yeah. people you know pay for things that they that create value for them Either they entertain them or make them money or save them time or whatever they just, they make their lives better so if you focus on making people's lives better solving a hard, you know which is another way of, just of saying solving a problem then you're in a good you have a good chance of, of winning assuming that you know you can control your costs or whatever but uh you know figure out a, a, a margin but uh yeah i think that's just kind of another way of, another way of saying what you're what you're saying
0: okay so just quickly we've got um a couple of donations to talk about okay uh, to the show um so i'll start off by talking about tyler nichols um tyler nichols is a listener who's donated ten dollars for a shout out thanks a lot tyler um so uh you can go to textinglive.com forward slash donate if you want to donate some money to the show we do actually need some money at the moment because we bought um a field trip recorder to go down to texting so i think we're out of pocket sorry to go down to microconf and that was what we recorded that on i think we're out of pocket uh sort of like 300 dollars right now so it'd be great to get some donations oh really Um, we're 300 in the hole i think so yeah so um, now we've got, we've got another donation just before MicroConf from uh, Robin Durden. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I hope I am. Robin Durden donated $150 to us. Wow. And we, we, with the um, with the explicit instructions that you and I should go for a meal in Las Vegas and have have a nice meal with, you know, nice wine, nice food, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what he didn't know is that that would be literally impossible to do with you. Cause I don't because drink wine. Cause you don't drink wine, and you also don't—you're not really into—you're not a foodie, right? So, I mean, I'm—you know—the truth is, it would probably take about a year to spend one
1: hundred fifty dollars <laughs> on meals with you. And <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> quite that bad.
0: But I mean, we we don't we see could each go other and get, enough. We could, go
1: on, we could go out and get some expensive sushi, I guess. <laughs> but we go we go
0: to we go to Wahoo's, right? For example, it usually costs like six dollars for a meal. <laughs> right. So, um, and and we probably only do that once a month max, right? So one hundred and fifty dollars would keep us in uh, food for the next year. But the, but the thing is um, that we did have a good meal uh, with listeners out there, and uh, which I paid for, which was coincidentally around one hundred and fifty dollars. And I promised on the show that I would take everyone who was there to Applebee's and take take everyone out. And we didn't was that go to a, Applebee's. A
1: promise or a threat?
0: It was a threat. <laughs> so so we did end up having that great meal with with those guys, and I did spend that one hundred and fifty dollars. And I was I wasn't thinking of putting this money for the donation but uh, towards that but now given that there's no way to really spend this money on uh <laughs> on a meal with you it probably it like so I, I sent him back that email would you like to buy that meal so he said yes so of course now i look like a complete cheapskate because i've got took the credit for paying for that meal but in actual fact it's robin durden who paid for that meal now
1: yeah robin thanks for the ribeye steak Is that- <laughs> Yeah, i ordered the ribeye because i thought you were paying for it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you—that's kind of ironic. So, Robin did end, end up getting you the an, something
1: expensive. That was, that was great. Well, that was a lot of fun. I have to say that that dinner for me made the whole trip. Right. Yeah. To be honest. I mean, you know, I had some interesting conversations. I really liked meeting Hitton and Hitten Shaw and Ramit, and I really like talking to Noah uh, Kagan of uh, Absumo. Those are some those are some fun conversations. And um, but that 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 particular dinner where we had, I don't know, it was like eight or nine of us at different points and Rob coming by. That was the highlight for me. That it was, a was a lot of fun. It was like a four-hour dinner too, right? I mean, it was like yeah. a dinner and then we just sat around drinking and talking, but that was great. So, um, yeah. Like a brainstorm dinner. It was. It was a combination. You know, it was we brainstorming and just talking about everything. But uh, it was really it was a lot of fun meeting um, so many of our listeners. And so th- thanks a lot, Robin. That was very... Well, so,
0: so then you went to, um, where, where did you go to? You traveled after the microconf. You went to Sweden? I went to uh,
1: Stockholm and to um, Oslo. So on the way in the airport,
0: you were tapped on the shoulder by, guess who? A texting listener saying, hey, is Uh, that Jason
1: Roberts? uh, Yeah, it was was weird. It was uh, was my first celebrity sighting. (laughs) 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 It was so funny. We're standing in this ginormous security line at the Amsterdam airport. And, uh, all of a sudden I go, and all of a sudden I go, Hey, Hey, you know, I can't remember if he said Jason or not, but he said, Hey, he te- you know, you texting, right? And he's like, I love the podcast. I listen to your podcast. And I was like, it's Juergen. And I was like, Whoa. And I think I remember, I think Jurgen has commented a few times. So <laughs> that, that, then I, I kind <laughs> that's of, that's hilarious. Together and Sandy just thought that was hilarious. It was like, it was really funny. Um, cause he, I guess he and the two other guys were on their way to, or, or, or they were on their way from the uh, Django conference in Norway, in Oslo. So they were just sort of un- en route one way or the other. So you, you truly are a celebrity nerd. That's right. I have, cele- I have very, very minor celebrity nerddom, I guess. <laughs> 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 but that was amazing. I mean, you figure I'm on the other side of the world, and, and, you know, and someone comes up to me and goes, hey, I, you know, I listen to your podcast, that was, which is was really cool. Hey, so- just a
0: second. Just a second. Just a second. Oh, my God. My cat just came and sat on the desk after doing a dump and left a little bit of, a little shard of dump on the desk and I put my hand in it. Awesome. (laughs)
1: My day just got a little better. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot
0: believe that. That is disgusting.
1: All right. right. I'm back now. Clean
0: it up. That's that's what I was just doing, cleaning it up. Oh, God. Stupid cat.
1: So, um... Yeah, we were out of so anyway, we were out of town for I was gone for what, like a week and a half, I guess. Yeah. A little week in uh in Stockholm and Oslo. I'll give you the little uh a little synopsis on the Yeah, please do. The um so the flight over was an absolute nightmare. We were we flew from LA to Chicago and our connecting flight was from Chicago to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to Stockholm. The flight, when we got in Chicago, our flight was delayed five separate times, five different times. We went we got we boarded the plane, taxied off the runway, and for one reason or another, after spending in between an hour and two hours sitting there, we had to come back uh and and and, and disembark from the plane. And we had- you, what they
0: kept on putting you on the plane and taking you off the
1: plane? On the plane yep. and taking you off five times to over two oh, different planes, two different crews. I mean it was like Why? like a pressure system didn't work. And then the pressure system didn't work and it got to like a hundred degrees in there. And because of that, that ended up and then the second time we went out they said, oh we discovered that all the food and the catering went bad. So and then our paperwork. So we and we got to get new food. Well apparently it's too late. We can't get more new food. So you're gonna have to stay in hotels, come back the next day. Then this guy collapses before and the medics come, but then they let him on the plane anyway. And then he starts having a problem and so then they have to unload him and then when they Try and unload him. They realize a the starter doesn't work, so they got to replace a the starter. Then they get a new plane. They they cancel a London flight. Give us that plane with a new crew because a crew had been on too long, right? And we get on there. We taxi out. Turns out that the um, the uh, the brakes the brake needs to be replaced, and so we have to go back out. I mean, it was un. Unbelievable. Were
0: you thinking that maybe maybe it was like, I don't know, like I the event or Fringe or something? I thought yeah, we had a like. TV show called You're Screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but but maybe like the universe was stopping you from getting killed.
1: It was unbelievable. You know? I mean, people started disappearing off the flight. You know, there was like an old guy who was sitting next to us, and like after the second or third time, he was just gone. But <laughs> he, he just did, he gave just... up. He's like, wherever I want to go, I just don't care that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an absolute nightmare. And, um, you know, we were supposed to arrive in uh, Stockholm like I think around lunchtime on uh, Thursday. And we'd be mm-hmm. getting in at like 10 p.m. on Friday um, and just in time for the wedding. And then when we thought everything was, you know, once we got to Stockholm, we're oh, thank God, you know, it's all behind us. Finally, we're here. Okay, now let's just, you know, enjoy our time. Well, that night we got food poisoning <laughs> from what we you- ate, um, whatever we ate on the plane because that was the only thing that we had eaten before then. And, and, and the last flight was from SAS, which is the Swedish airline. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, so we had we were both Sandy and I were both up all night long with food poisoning. So on the, the whole next day, of course, if you had food poisoning, you'll know you just kind of like. So you were you were at the wedding with all the nice food, and you couldn't eat anything because I you had barely, food. you know, I was just kind of sitting there. Like for breakfast, I had like you know Sandy and I shared a cup of tea. You could barely sip it, you know. we're like oh, and this f- friend of the groom's, he's a really nice guy. He stops by. We're sitting in the hotel lobby in Stockholm, and he stops by, and he's like, he's like, hey, it's a beautiful day. I got the car outside. I know you guys aren't feeling well. Take your time, you know. And we're gonna I'm gonna drive. You out. We're gonna drive you out because it was the wedding was an island, so we're gonna drive. He was gonna drive us out to the ferry and then take the ferry across. And uh, so you know, we're barely able to like get to the car. Like, oh, just don't drive too fast, you know. And, oh my god, uh, it was an absolute nightmare. But um, once that was over, it, you know, I mean, I didn't eat a ton the next day, obviously, but um, you know, that was that was quite a an adventure on the way over. But the synopsis. I, I've never been to Scandinavia before. Mm-hmm. and i have to say first of all scandinavia is beautiful i mean it's just gorgeous it's mostly um it's mostly pretty uh there's a lot of trees and it's it's pretty um i don't know undeveloped i think yeah a lot of it and um Stockholm itself is just gorgeous. I I, I, told, I kept saying like this is just freaky. It's too perfect. It's kind of weirded me out. <laughs> I feel like yeah, like something's going on. You know, like I'm like we're gonna be sacrificed at midnight or something. <laughs> it's like and, another weird thing was like everybody looked like us. Did it feel like home? No, it felt really freaky actually because everyone there. I mean, not everybody had blonde hair and blue eyes, but Sandy and I both have blonde hair and blue eyes. And so, we, so
0: you looked completely like you fit in and and. Everyone was probably amazed when you spoke in an English American accent.
1: Yeah, we're just like we we're the land of clones. You know, it was just bizarre. Uh, well, you know, the, the funny thing was is that uh, the other thing is like everybody there was really good looking and and, and fit and fashionably dressed. Yeah. <laughs> I kept on saying, like, I feel like we're in the middle of a Ralph Lauren photo shoot. I'm going to get paid scale for this. I mean, where's the camera crew? Because <laughs> all the guys are like, you know everybody's dressed they they're all dressed like uh you know they're, they're like a tight fitting IZOD and and uh you know they're uh, bermuda shorts and these sort of uh designer glasses and and I mean it was just <laughs> I swear to God I just felt like we were in a photo shoot I mean it's just weird and of course the city is immaculate there's like no garbage it's the architecture is gorgeous it was just mm-hmm. really really funny in that way it was almost it was like so per, it was too perfect that it just felt weird okay. but um and uh, but I think we're um we're actually talking about maybe next summer, the summer after more likely is, is go and spend the summer there and just rent a, an apartment and, and spend the summer in Stockholm. Um, cause they have, uh, a friend of ours who was getting married. He runs the professional soccer team over there called hammer baby. Yep. And, uh, we might take Colby over there and let him train with their, their, um, their, their kids program. They were really good, uh, training system and Colby's a good soccer player. So we're thinking, hey, that'd hey, be hey. awesome. Would you ever consider moving to Europe? Well, I don't know. Sandy loves that. She she was kind of like, didn't want to (laughs) leave. She was call back the parents to ship up the kids and send them to to Stockholm. But then we went to uh, Oslo. Mm -hmm. And Oslo is a beautiful city too, but it's a little grittier than uh, Stockholm. I mean, Stockholm is just like, there's no garbage. There's no, I don't think you're allowed to be there if you're ugly or more than 10 pounds overweight. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be attractive then, you know, perfectly dressed. You know, I, it's like a, it's almost like being like in Disneyland or something, you know, like only like the fake town or something. And because uh, it's just too perfect. But Oslo was a little more real. It was a little real. Like you felt like you- you'd see a few homeless people and you'd see, and, and it was a little more diverse uh, ethnically. You'd see some Arabs or Asians or, you know, whatever, right? It wasn't like mm. everybody was Scandinavian. So it felt like you were in a real city. And um, which I wouldn't have thought that I would have cared about that, but it felt it felt a little more comfortable to me. Interesting. And, uh, and so I would say, like, I kept on saying, I was like, if Stockholm was country club, Oslo's punk rock. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know. and so you met did you meet Guyon? then obviously I'm guessing you yeah did.
1: so we spent uh, two two days with Guyon. so Guyon is uh, a friend of mine I've been I worked with on Prizo and and we've been working together for quite a while now on App Ignite and he, he and I also do some consulting work together how um, long have you been working with him it says 2005 sometime I'd say so five
0: been years and this is the first time you've met him
1: yeah yeah and <coughs> Sandy and his wife Louise are Facebook friends so they share lots of back and forth lots of photos of families and comment back and forth and so they oh. established a little bit of a friendship and uh so we spent a fair amount of time you know traveling you know we did some sightseeing with them you know the ferry tours of the fjords and walked around the city and stuff and then we spent some time with their family um and uh we went to their actually their kids high school or no their elementary school had like a end of year like every class sings a song, you know, for the summer that's mm-hmm. yeah, school. And, uh, it was like something out of a movie. <laughs> like it was, it was so perfect. Sandy was just like, I can't believe this, how perfect this place is. And, uh, we, um, it was funny. There's this, this, this one class that was the best. It was my favorite. Uh, well, there's a couple of interesting ones. One did like a blue man group kind of a thing where they like are <laughs> different instruments and they're like hitting every, you know, different kinds of things and making music from these weird, um, and they don't even have any instruments, but the one that was the cutest was like, I don't know, maybe third graders or fourth graders. And, uh, there was like Katie Perry song. I think, I don't know. I don't know what song it was, but it was this really great song that they, they all, they had this big dance routine too. And they're all kind of, the whole class is dancing to it. And then all the little brothers and sisters are up behind on the hill behind it, kind of following along dancing. It was like, you know, <laughs> it was just so cute. It was just hard to even put in words, but, um, yeah so, so that, was a, that, was a, that was a blast
0: okay so what was it like to meet guyon after five years i mean just what, what did you talk about what did I you I mean it's you...
1: just a little underwhelming you know <laughs> 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 no it was, it was a lot of fun well you know i mean we're on video chat on uh, skype all the time so it felt very normal you know i mean oh okay fair enough so you you it did, wasn't something new or no it wasn't shocking or anything um uh you know he was although you know when you picture someone you always picture they're going to be your height and then when you see them and they're like six foot five, you're like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> oh, was he was he tall? No, he was actually shorter than me. So I, right. I for some reason, I didn't expect him to be shorter than me. I, you know and of course we see like Rob Walling and he's like Yeah, Rob's big, yeah. 120 pounds or whatever. And you're like <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh um so that but we had a great time. It was still of course it was funny because we're we were um you know walking around the viking looking at the viking stuff and uh and sandy and louise are taking pictures of everything and talking about everything and we're just talking about <laughs> tech the whole time <laughs> like, so? just guys just tech yeah. just guys well it's funny they, they took a photo of us we're on this ferry of the you know tour of the fjord and he and and i'm kind of like lying back kind of falling asleep and he's checking his blackberry and they took a photo of us, kind of making fun of us because like we're totally just not even into the whole sightseeing thing but uh, uh you know i can only do a little bit of sightseeing I, I i'm just i get a little bored yeah it's just it's not your thing but uh overall it was uh it was a good trip off if not you know quite cra- you know kind of a crazy start or an unfortunate start but uh the only th- the other thing i'd take away from it is I, I just am not into the uh r- you know flying coach across the sea doing like 11 or 12 hour flight and like and coach with your knees jammed up into your chest. So
0: what would you do? Would you go first class next time? You can't. It's like, it's like <laughs> just, 10 times the price.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're not going to go. <laughs> or I'm going to make sure that I'm making, I'm wealthy. next time I fly, yeah. I don't know. It's just painful. I mean, on the way over, we upgraded on United. We were able to upgrade to economy plus, which gives you like five more inches to your knees. Yeah. Uh, like room but on the way back we flew lufthansa and they don't i don't they didn't have the kind of upgrade it was either you know coach or your business class which of course is you know way more expensive
0: well it depends on the airline you go with you know because for example if you fly with virgin i mean they're just a good they're just a great airline so they you they just by default give you a little bit
1: extra yeah well i told sandy that i said i'm never flying united again ever i mean it was just such a nightmare It was so such a disaster and the food they served was just a joke and i just was so and you got food poisoning yeah, well, that was from SAS, which is a Swedish. Oh, right, yeah. But uh, I, 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 I want to really look at maybe doing uh, Virgin Atlantic, um, because I mean I don't know how expensive it is, but I know they have Wi-Fi and they have a plug for your laptop, like power source and stuff. So,
0: well, t- talking about your perfect, you know, your perfect experience in Stockholm, I'd love to show you the antidote to Stockholm, which is London, grubby, disgusting, dirty <laughs> London. <laughs>
1: It's like that only like two months of the, two two to three months out of the year because the rest of the time it's freezing cold and dark. So right. it makes everyone so when you go over there during the summer, everybody's in the best mood because it's sunny out and, and they've been yeah. cooped up in the and you know, they've been just inside and, and suffering from the cold. And oh, and the other thing it was it didn't get dark for like it was only dark like two, three hours at night, and it didn't even get completely dark. Yeah. Eleven thirty to two. Um uh, <laughs> You know, because we were at this uh, wedding and they had a big party at the end. I mean, the you know, party, but the party lasted forever and never ended. I like eventually at three o'clock I bailed. I'm like, I can't, I got to go to sleep. But it it already been light for an hour. So sleep. did you get any work done when you were out there or were you just generally having fun? I did. I did a lot of work on Night actually because, um, you know, I spent a lot of time sitting on the floor of the O'Hare airport plugged into some random outlet (laughs) we're constantly just (laughs) parking i'm like all right well you know where i'll be she's like yeah yeah go sit down plug it in you know and so i'd be sitting there you know know, my butt was numb sitting on that like hard marble floor (laughs) (laughs) you know or 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 sometimes i'd get another chair and i'd be lurching over my back would be killing me but i was just trying to stay productive because otherwise you're just um you know, just standing around a gate, just like, wasting time. Yeah. You know, just wasting time. So I did a fair amount of, uh, of work on app ignite. I, I did some consult work on some of the consulting stuff, but it was a little bit harder too because I needed uh, internet, actual internet access for, for some of that stuff, which made it a little tricky. Well, this,
0: so there's finally is a great reason to have a local install, right? So well, no, I, I had so, the local
1: install, but for its Uber, I needed Google maps.
0: No, no, but working on app ignite all that time, because you had your local install, you could do all that work.
1: Yeah, that's right, that's right. And actually, one of the thing I did while I was there is I made it so that I could use Night. like I could run it from the command line, so I could just, you know, run the, you know, have the generator um, you know, generators read in the, um, the the application schema file and mm-hmm. generate everything, so then I could, you know, I could then go and make changes to the generators or, or whatever and then just go back and, you know, hit the command line and, you know, run the command again, which is much more convenient than, you know, if you're doing, like, rapid-fire iteration. yeah it's much easier to do command line than it is like going through a web web interface. Now that's interesting because that, that
0: now is moved completely and utterly into the realm of um, cake and Ruby uh, on rails where they have command line utilities that help them bake up their models and views. And it's just basically um, a series of questions, you know, what models would you like to create? You just type in names and what views and what relationships and they they do it all on the command line, click a button and then it it basically bakes their, the whole kind of skeleton code base.
1: Yeah, yeah, so this is very much like that, I guess. I mean, in the end you figure and I had that anyway. I just did you just couldn't yeah. do it through the through uh, a command line. Um, but that's I mean, I think for a lot of programs it's probably it's good if you can build the kernel, the engine as sort yeah. of like a it's it's it shouldn't be integrated with the UI anyway. And it should be abstracted into this kernel and and then if you can create an interface through a command line, then it's just much more easily testable. I think. So yeah. um, that might lead to some more, uh, the ability to make unit testing and things a little easier, I think. It's funny how
0: all, all roads lead to the same place, ultimately.
1: Yeah, there's a certain amount of truth to that. Um, but, you know, it's allowed me to really, I, I spent a lot of time cleaning up uh, a lot of Night cruft. And, and mm-hmm. you know, because that's the kind of stuff you can do because you're on a plane, you don't have a lot of room. It's like, I can't, I, I couldn't be looking at lots of windows, but I can, but I can go through and do lots of refactoring. Mm. And uh, I, I felt like on a laptop, I could do that kind of work. Um, I don't know about you, but when I, I'm used to working on a 27 inch screen and before this I had two 20 inch screens. So when I'm on this little small little laptop and I don't have my mouse and, I, and I'm, I'm a little like tr- tray table on a train or on a plane, it's hard for me to um, really get into it. So I have to kind of pick a very sort of uh, specific thing to work on.
0: Well, of course, I do everything on my laptop the same, which is the same size as the laptop that you took there. Yeah. So that's that's the only screen real estate I
1: have. I don't know how you could do that. I I, you know I mean I guess you just get used to it, you figure out a way to be productive. But I feel like, you know, when I'm sitting, a lot of it is also for how I'm sitting. So if I'm sitting at home and I have my big comfy chair that I can lean back in and I have a big giant screen and a mouse, then I feel I can really fly. But when I'm kinda hunched over this little laptop, I just I'm just I feel like I'm working to like thirty percent. That no, that's definitely I mean
0: I definitely feel that way as well. Like when I'm yeah, I mean, I, I can't use my laptop in those planes. There's just not enough space. The only time I've ever been able to do it was when I got upgraded to uh, first class
1: one time. Yeah, that was, I tell you, when you walk past those first class chairs, you're like, man, this is good living. <laughs> <laughs> this is good living. I, yeah. you, you feel like an idiot coming back from that. You look at how people get crammed in like sardines in the coach. It's just, oh, ah. Yeah. it's just, it's not only is it painful, it's like almost like it's, it's almost humiliating. You know, you look, it's like, I can't believe I'm sitting like this. Well, they got to make money. I guess they do, but uh, I don't know. I'm, it's it's you know
0: what that I mean. That whole thing is because of commoditization, right? Which which is just basically drives it down. People want to get from A to B as cheap as possible. Like I'm sure that when when a plane started off, it didn't start that way. You know.
1: Yeah, it's you know, I guess, and and then people just get sort of acclimated to it, and they feel they can find a market. People are more are less interested than in being comfortable than they are than just than flying cheaply and yeah. they can make money that way. But I, you know, um, cause I think you obviously would, when, when commercial flights started, I think it was much more of a luxury, luxury as you'd yeah. imagine. Right. So, um, but I guess maybe, I guess probably the older I get, the less, uh, less I'm concerned about price, the more I'm concerned about not being c- uncomfortable and pissed off. <laughs> so you it's don't like- want to go on camping trips. I'm not so interested in that, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, when you're like in college, you can stay and you go traveling in Europe, you can stay in hostels or little crappy one and two star hotels that are just like practically inf- infected with disease and stuff. And you're like, eh, whatever. Right. But now you're like, there's no way in hell I'm going to, I'm going to endure that. And, uh, it, you know, I, I mean, Sandy was like, well, you know, we can stay in a hotel that's like 300, or you know, 400, I'm like, I don't care, whatever, just get a nice, nice hotel.
0: Work. That's exactly how I feel about it, and it's funny because myself and georgie we're, we're kind of at odds about this, like I'm always like just get the most expensive thing and the fastest thing for the least hassle, you know, yeah and she's always um have a look around to find the best deal in actual fact, we have a word in our um in our relationship for this, which is Verreggio so I, I so I say Georg, I say Georgie, oh, you're being so Vareggio right now because what happened was one time we were on holiday in Italy, right. And we, we went to this town called Vareggio. <laughs> and as soon as we got to the town, there was we just drove into the main road, drove by the seaside, and there was this nice hotel with this big sign saying, one room left, you know, 150 euro. And hey. uh, so we went in and, and uh, Georgie said, no, no, I'm sure we can find a better deal. I'm sure we can find a better deal. So after six hours of hunting around, we couldn't find anywhere. We went back to this place and the room was gone. Yeah. And that's the reason why I say for Reggio.
1: Yeah, them. that's a good word. I, yeah, it's 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 just so painful. And I think you know, especially when you work as a consultant, you think, like, well, here's my hourly rate, and like, what are my hours worth? And if I'm comfortable, I can get work done. Yeah. You know, and then I mean, I, I even like just an hour or two work done for the, in the week. I mean, it'll or you know, if yours work done here and there, I mean, I'll pay for it plus some. And yeah. I'd rather just be comfortable and. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, the, uh, you, know the, you, get a, you get a marginal return. Uh, it's, it's just not sort of a marginal improvement at a certain point, right? I mean, at some point, there's a big difference between a $100 hotel and a 300 but there's not that big a difference between a 300 and a 500 and even yep. less between a 500 and a $1,000 a night hotel. Um, but it's just that, you know, I'd rather spend a little bit more and, and, get, and get the nicer hotel. It's just like when we upgraded, it cost I think $150 to upgrade to Economy Plus to get those five more inches. But that made all the difference, you know, five yeah. inches, like I can work. I don't, cause I mean, you know, even then it was like, I was still, the guy leaned back in his chair and my practically broke my, the laptop monitor got yeah. caught and it was like crunch, you know? Oh my God. And uh, you're like, well, I, I, you know, I just need a little space here. I need to be able to work because if I can get three hours of work done on this, you know, eight or 10 hour flight, then, you know, which I don't mind doing, which is gonna make my clients happy. And, you know, that's going to play for this upgrade, you know, three times, three or four times over. So, so
0: talking about travel, I am most likely going to be going down to New Hampshire for a month. Up,
1: up, up to New Hampshire therefore. for a month. But sure, you okay. can go down, you just go down past the North Pole, South Pole, come back up the other side of the earth and you're there. Okay.
0: I'll be going up to, up to uh, New Hampshire for a month. So that, that's going to be interesting to see. And, and basically we're trying to get a product out. Uh, we working 10 hour days uh, for a month, really hard to get that out. Interesting to see how we fit things like podcasts and uh, plugio and all that stuff into that.
1: Yeah, we might have to do a bunch of little segment recordings. Yeah. A- Although we we were supposed to do a segment recording here,
0: and we're fifty minutes in now.
1: That yeah. Great. Yeah. We probably need to put a cork in this one in a minute because I think Curtis is going to be here pretty quick, pretty soon. He's he's supposed to be here now. Um, Curtis is actually in town. Should sort have of surprised me. I got back from uh, yeah from uh, Europe, and I brought him up on Skype. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I'm in L.A. I'm coming over yeah. Monday. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, he's, but he runs a little later schedule than me. So he, he at 10.30, I guess, he'll be here. Or he's supposed to be in here at 10.30, So he's probably parking the car now. Which All right. The, well, is there anything
0: else that you wanted to talk about just before we close it?
1: Oh, I just have a couple of things that we should, that were brought up in the comments, we should cover real quickly. Yeah, go, go. One was um, we were talking about any, in, in regards to any yeah he had said he he'd asked why put technology before expertise we say you know just in time expertise and on the landing page I said i put just in time technology expertise yeah, and I think he might be right i mean I put in technology before expertise to denote to, to really clarify that you know what we were targeting but i think if if there might be a lot of other um, visual um, things visual elements that will indicate that this is technology and maybe we'll get in things related to to technology, but um, just-in-time mm-hmm. expertise is a lot, sounds a lot cleaner than just-in-time technology expertise. Yeah, yeah, No, I, th- I, th- I like that. I think he's right. Is that, what did I put on the mock-up? I don't remember. You said a bunch of stuff about ninjas and stuff. I think I just said <laughs> just-in-time expertise. Iron ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ninja, be a, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're going to look crazy. You're taking, <laughs> you're taking the uh, metaphor a little far, but, um, but yeah, something like that. Something like, ju- I think just in time expertise is, is good. The, okay. um, uh, Matt uh, left a comment and he, 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 he was concerned, obviously, that any AnyFoo was going to be a major distraction from. Most- oh, yeah, this is a good comment. Let's talk
0: about this. So, um, so basically, he, Matt said, um, he basically said, Justin, you've recently refocused on Plugio and have had great returns. Why not keep driving that? Um, you said you'd, you'd prefer to start things and get them to the point where you have to focus on the business stuff, but I think that's counterproductive in the long run. I think that putting your efforts into making a successful thing even more successful will, will reap more rewards than having many small things. Um, so he's saying Rob Walling is the exception, not the rule. And then for you, there's, there's too much for me to read, but basically he's saying, look, are you sure you want to do this versus work on Epic Night? Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: what do you think? What's your take? Well, OK, so the, the, the way that we've talked about partitioning the workload is I'm going to do more of the, um, the coding of the core site and you're going to do more uh, uh, of the other stuff <laughs> and the core site is really uh, a, an App Ignite issue right yep. so it sort of it allows me to use AnyFu as sort of a showcase um, or use case for App Ignite and, and, and um, which is good um, for me, I mean, it's just—it's just like this last consulting project that I did, where I was used App Ignite to generate it, but then there were things about it that were just uh, too complicated or not quite supported yet by Appicnight. So I had to generate stuff and then kind of do a little bit of custom wiring. And but that teaches that taught me a lot of things about what you yeah. need to do because what happens is, I, I think with App Ignite and things like it, you spend a lot of time generating toy or uh, or very basic or or, or, or sort of. Not real world applications they're just applications that like you, 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 without even thinking about it, you just build the app that fits within what App ignite can do, yeah that's what I would do, right as opposed to generating an app that without even thinking what App night can do and then seeing what Appgnite can do for it, um, it's just like when you, you have to have real world testers because you take the same path through your app all the time and other people yeah think completely differently. So coming up with an app, so if you and I you know we, we figure out what the UI and, and, and work use. User experience is going to be through the app. Then we go okay. Now I have to go back to Epic and, and see what Epic can do. So and um so that's helpful. So it's not as sort of it's not sort of uh, as disjoint um from Epic uh, Night as it might seem. It's 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 um it allows me to leverage a lot of Epic and actually help push Epic forward. Um and I've always and, and the other issue for me is um I mean really I got to start making some additional revenue. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Sandy and I have had a similar conversation to you and Georgie had a while yeah. back. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I make decent amount of money consulting, but, you know, it'd be really nice to get some recurring revenue in. And um, App Ignite, as we've talked about, is a, is a big project. And at what point, it's a complicated project. I Means it's hard to charge for it, but, uh, until it's just really nailed down. So, but AnyFoo, I feel like, is something that we can, it's, a, it's from a technology standpoint, it's simpler. Yeah, simpler to get something that's useful, that's that's bug free and useful to people that they're willing to pay for, and I feel like it's it's a sh- it'll be much shorter uh, time span to make any food generating, you know, each of us a thousand dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month than say Epic Night. I mean, because I think we can get there, and 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 uh, I, well, I don't want to you know, I don't know exactly, but I just think it would be shorter.
0: Yeah, no, I think so too, and I th- I also think that what's interesting is I think is the audience that we've built so just from a marketing point of view the audience that we've built over the last year and a half doing the show it the foo concept is applicable to pretty much every single person in our audience yeah whereas so therefore every single person in our audience can actually benefit from us building this and can make money whereas uh if you you know uh compare that to Epic ignite it's not the same, you know. It's it's a much smaller percentage, probably like five percent of our audience can benefit from it, right? Exactly. so I I like to be in that position of being able to help everyone out and everyone helping us out. So I think that's a great great scenario we've a to real
1: And also we've gotten a lot of very really positive um, comments about the AnyFu as a concept in terms yeah. of people thinking that they would it would be useful for them, and uh, that that that's given me a lot of um that's motivated me even more. I mean, when when Guyon and I were you know on this. Ferry Tour of the Fjord. (laughs) We're talking about it. And he's really excited about using it himself, right? Because he has expertise in a number of different technologies, whether it's .NET or Node.js or Mongo or different things that I think he would love to be able to to charge a premium to uh, help other people with. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, you know, and he was giving me a lot of ideas as a potential user. And I kind of, you know, I was wondering, like, well, what, what would Guyon think if I'm working on this AnyFood thing, too? And, you know, he didn't seem to have any kind of issue with it. And he was just more like, just get it up because I'd like to use it, which mm-hmm. I thought was um, kind of a good good sign. So we've promised
0: not to talk about it too much before we start executing on it. So now we are going to start executing on it. And we need to, that's something we need to, like, steal you know, fifteen minutes uh, sessions, uh, thirty minute sessions to start knocking that out. Yeah. As of this week, so once this show's over, let's quickly schedule schedule our first session.
1: Yeah. What we should do is come up with a list of uh, of the pages. Yeah. That we want, like, what are the core? What's the core page? The core five or ten pages. Let's List those importance, and then we'll just say, and then we'll just schedule. All right, let's. You know, let's
0: mock it up, and then I want to get it onto Startup Guild as well. So, all our listeners, if you check into Startup Guild, hopefully within the next few days. You'll start to see uh, mock-ups appearing in there. Yeah, so we're going totally, to totally get in the open. I mean, as we've de- yeah. we
1: built the whole, we've described the whole business model in Open. Now we're going to build the whole thing in Open, and we'll see see how that works. Yeah. And the last thing I wanted to mention before um uh, before we uh, end this is um Rob Wilson uh, left a, an iTunes review for us. Oh and, yeah. And he, which was really nice. It's much appreciated, Rob. Thanks. Uh, we really do appreciate those. I think we, I don't know how any uh, hard numbers on this, but I, I've I've heard a lot from uh, from other podcast people and doing podcasts that the iTunes reviews are a big deal because if you can get a certain number of them, it helps your visibility quite a bit on iTunes for people searching for uh for tech yeah. podcasts. So um he what he did is he, he he figured out that it was uh it wasn't so clear how to do it. And so there's a few steps for like how to easily leave an iTunes review. And I think we're gonna put that up on the on the blog. Okay. okay so um i don't know i mean we hopefully you know we can do that get that done the next day or two so if you wouldn't mind going to uh go to com and and uh i guess we'll have like a little link there on the on the sidebar that'll say steps to how to leave an itunes review yeah or review us in itunes and it'll just have like a three or four step thing like where do you click and where do you look on the page and how do you leave it because that that's always really helpful just as- and then
0: please do leave us a review i mean we it would be great to get an extra 50 reviews in there as soon as possible that would yeah that would be big help <laughs> all
1: right well um let's uh we get is this the show or is this this this, this is the
0: show yeah yeah the, everything we've said so far is in the show
1: no i mean that, we're not going to come back we're not going to do any more of this show
0: no i think we're done we like this this is an hour that's good that's good okay.
1: so a short one all right well yeah. cool um i guess that's a wrap we're out